If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 2. And all God's people said, I'm glad I got out of chapter 1. Amen. <clears throat> but I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I thank the Lord for um, what I learned in chapter 1. Amen. And I'll tell you what, I enjoyed that song, Miss Sarah. Praise God. And listen, if you don't enjoy her singing, don't tell her she's a black belt. Okay? So <clears throat> don't, just, don't just, just smile anyway. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. Met somebody this uh, week uh, said uh, he's uh, that she was quite a fighter. Amen. So one of the partners, bar partners or something. So amen. We got more security around here than you think. I guarantee you that. If anybody tries anything, don't worry. Several black belts sit in the pews, so we'll be all right. Amen. And a lot of you rednecks, you got more than a black belt. Amen. But anyway, that's all right. <clears throat> Let's don't go there. Amen. Praise God. John Deere's, no, uh, 30 all sixes. Uh, all right, James chapter 2. James chapter 2, we're going to get right down to preaching. <clears throat> you know what I love about preaching the Bible? The Bible can change your life. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little hoarse, too much pollen around the tonsils. And uh, I'll tell you another thing I love about preaching verse by verse and chapter by chapter. I would never pick this subject because I don't think we need it. But I want to tell you something. <clears throat> a lot of us need it more than you think we need it. It's called pride. We don't think we need it. I'm talking about being prejudiced. I'm talking about missions. 
I'm concerned about those little folks over there in South Africa that uh, Luke ministers to. Uh, he's more comfortable around them than he is Americans, I guarantee you, because that's his life now. But um, And also about being partial. If I had a title for this message, I'd like to entitle it Pride and Prejudice or The Snooty Usher. The Snooty Usher. Write that down. Amen. I don't believe any of our ushers are snooty, so I'm not preaching to them. But just in case they become that, remind yourself of this message. There is nobody that's more important than, than somebody else. Amen. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. And that's what this is about. James was astounded because his church forgot who they were trying to cater to. They were catering to the rich. They were catering. All you rich people, don't be offended, please. Uh, they were catering to the rich and to the affluent, and they were the very ones that were persecuting them. But they wanted them, and they were shunning the poor. Now, that's a problem. I don't think it's ever been in this church, but just in case you ever think we're going to cut out the bus ministry, you got another thought coming. And if you ever think that we're going to be a high class church that markets and targets just the upper class, you got another thought coming. We want to be a church that reaches all people and not be partial towards the rich. But let me just say this before I get the message. I believe most of us are prejudiced against the rich. We don't witness to them because we're intimidated by their little money. One time I went and knocked on a door up at Mount Sinai. We start bus routes, but I also uh, knock on doors on the most rich. I've, I've, I've hit the most rich people in this town. And I want to tell you something. I really enjoyed talking to the intercom. And I really enjoyed running from that dog. I mean, I had to run to the car, praise God. I really enjoyed that visit. But I'm going to tell you something. You, I, can, I can say this. I'm, I'll knock on any door in Dalton, Georgia, because they have a soul. So if we have any problem with partiality, I think we're partial towards the poor. And we don't witness to the rich and the affluent and the businessman and those because we're intimidated. I want to tell you something, friend. The only reason they're rich is because they've refinanced and got ahead of you. Amen? That's the only reason. I found that out this week very much so. That, you know, it might look good, but the, uh, the banker owns it. Amen? And I want to tell you something. It's all right to own things as long as things don't own you. But I believe the church today is in danger of classing people. And this is what happened in James chapter 2. It's going to be a very interesting sermon, and I hope that you'll hang on to your... Um, Billfold, no, hang on to your belt, a seat belt, and that you will not be offended by this message because it's thus saith the Lord. But we need this message. We need it. Let's stand on to the Word of God. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto you assembly a man with a gold ring in godly apparel, and there come unto also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him, ye is that usher. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing. Now that has a bad connotation today, don't it? The gay clothing. And say unto him, sit thou here uh, in a good place. And you say to the poor, stand thou, stand thou there, or sit here under the footstool. In other words, just sit on the floor. Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges? Of evil thoughts. Hearken. Means pay attention closely. Hearken. 
My beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called Christians? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. For he that saith, do not commit adultery, and saith also, do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, and if thou, thou, and if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Grace. For ye shall have judgment without mercy, and shall show no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this good church, and Lord, as far as I know, I believe that all people are accepted within these walls, and by these Sunday school classes, and by these good folks. Lord, I don't believe we have a problem with this, but God, we could, and we, be, we need to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God, so we won't. Lord, remind us where we came from. And Lord, when we look in the mirror of the Word of God, would you remind us who we really are? Just sinners saved by grace. And God, if we've got anything, it's because of you. If we are anything, it's because of you. God, thank you for the perfect law of liberty, which is grace. And thank you for the Word of God that showed us who we were so we could be a child of the King and get saved. So Lord, please help us, God, to never have a snooty usher in this church. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we see James, in this book of maturity, first of all, tell us that we ought to be people of the Word of God. But then in chapter 2, he talks about not being snooty. The word snooty means upper crust. You know, some people would drown if it rains because they got their nose so far up in the air. Amen? I remember one lady, when we first started the church, she said, you know something, I am so tired, and she stood up in a business meeting, interrupted the whole business meeting, I see her all the time now, and she said, I'm so tired of my $400 pumps, she was referring to her high heels, being ruined by your gravel parking lot. Can we not do something about that? And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, you give me $23,000 and I'll pave that whole front pavement just for you. And she didn't say another word. Amen. But anyway, folks, a lot of people class people by the way they look, the way they act, where they work, what they drive. And that's a joke, too, about refinancing what you drive. Say amen. Some of y'all still paying payments. But I want to say this, friend. It's all right to own things as long as things don't own you. But it's wrong to class people. It's wrong to, dis to discriminate. It's wrong to be prejudiced. Can somebody say amen? It's already getting quiet. I didn't even got in the meat of the message yet. You know, 2,000 years ago, the church moved from catacombs to cathedrals, from prison cells to worship centers, from upper rooms to arenas, 
Today there's worldly celebrities except awards with diamond crosses hung around their neck praising Jesus but singing rap songs with cussing in it. Folks, there's drug-induced athletes that give God the glory for all their, their um, uh, ability to hit a round ball over a steel fence. And folks, we call that favoritism because sometimes the church honors them more than they do the, those that sacrifice behind the scenes. I'm talking about, folks, we need to examine ourselves. We need to examine ourselves and make sure there's not an ounce of prejudice in our heart. I was raised in a very prejudiced family. I was raised in a family that was partial, partial to the poor, not the rich. We thought we didn't have anything. Everybody had something. We were suspect to them. And folks, what a poor self-image that is. I rejoice in anybody that has something long as that something doesn't have them. But I want you to see three things real quickly. First of all, I want you to see the scene that's sadly common in the church of God. The scene that's sadly common in the church of God. Verse 2 says, For if there come unto you assembly a man with a gold ring, I'm going to call him Goldfinger, a gold ring in godly apparel, and there come also a poor man in vile apparel, and ye, the ushers of that assembly, <clears throat> have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing. It's a shame that has such a bad connotation. It has nothing to do with homosexuality in this context, I promise you. That means the rich clothing. And, said, and they say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand there, or sit under the, my footstool. In other words, just sit back here under the floor next to my usher's post. Now folks, I want you to know, first of all, the setting. There's, it says, a man cometh into your assembly. That's just a, a hypothetical situation that could happen every Sunday morning in this church and every church, folks, where visitors show up to worship God. And I thank God we have a friendly church. Every time I visit, after somebody visits, they say, you got the most friendly church I've ever been to. And I said, I think so too. I don't visit around, so I don't know. But folks, church... Now listen, folks, church should be the one place where anybody and everybody is somebody. Say amen. And a lot of people don't realize this. You visit around, you'll find out, please don't. But you, you visit around, there's a lot of churches that are tar market targeting their congregation. And they're not interested in the poor, and they're not interested in those people that have no, no family that will bring them to church. They're not interested in missions where they don't see their cathedrals they're building. They're not interested in building a camp in South Africa. They're not interested in supporting some uh, uh, missionary that's giving up all the luxuries of America and going to some place where they'll live like a, like a peasant because they want to reach those that's never heard the gospel. They're not interested in that. They're interested in their own little kingdom. And folks, here's the character of the story. Number one, we got Mr. Goldfinger. He comes in, the Bible says, and he has jewelry all over his uh, hands. And, and it's all right to wear jewelry. Just don't, just don't wear brass knuckles or something. Maybe in every finger. And, God, and goodly apparel, not godly, goodly apparel. And folks, it says, and, uh, it says, and there's come a poor man in vile raiment. So we see, first of all, this rich fella comes in the, in the assembly. And uh, he's dressed for success. And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe you ought to wear your Sunday best to the house of God. I don't believe we ought to dress down and wear our body shirts to impress women while we visit. 
I don't believe we ought to just be casual and wear, you know, gold braids while we go visit. I believe we ought to look like a Christian. And, I, and folks, you do that for Shaw executive trainee. You do it for all, everything else. But I believe we ought to look our best. But folks, just because somebody looks their best don't mean they're spiritual. The guy with the tie could be less spiritual than the guy that shows up in the t-shirt. Say so amen right there. And so I think we ought to look our best, but don't judge people by the way they look. Come on now, say amen. It's getting a little quiet here, but I like it because you're listening. And then we see not only Mr. Goldfinger, but we see Mr. Down and Out. He has vile raiment. Literally the word vile means filthy. Folks, I mean, he, he, he looks like he slept in his clothes, and he probably smells like it too. You ever been around a person that you kind of had to put a clothespin on your nose? Hallelujah. Amen. Visit them all the time. Love them. Somebody said, yeah, right off the bat. Amen. I believe everybody ought to take a bath at least once a week. Say amen. I'm preaching now. Praise God. Saturday night showers. Let's go. Praise God. But listen, there, 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 there was Mr. Goldfinger, but there was also Mr. Val. And, and maybe he just come off the street, and they're welcome. Hey, Brother Larry, maybe they just got out of jail. They're welcome. That's how you came here. Amen. Last Sunday night, we had a preacher son testify about being saved, and then we had a drug ex-drug, not a drug an ex-drug addict uh, testify he got saved. I thought that was wonderful, that we could follow a testimony of a church boy with a guy that was a rat hole gang member. Say amen. And they both got saved, and I'm going to tell you something. In the eyes of God, they're both children of the King of God, and thank God, folks, maybe one of them's more grateful they're saved or not. I don't think so. I think they're both grateful. Pray for Nathan. He's in the Philippines this morning. But I want to tell you something, friend. We see that they were different people. They look different. They act different. And pardon the expression, they might even smell different. But then we have the greeter. We have the usher. Here's the greeter, verse 2. And it says, For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring, and then it says in verse 3, And you have respect to him. You have respect to him. And I know he's the usher, and I know he's the greeter because he's trying to tell him where to sit. Amen? The rich guy comes in. He says, hey, sit up front, praise God. We're glad you're here, and thank the Lord. We're, we're so glad we want you to have the seat of honor. And then this old boy shows up from the mission, or he shows up from the street, and he says, oh, listen, you can just sit under here in my station. You can sit on, you can sit on the floor. Now, folks, I'll tell you what, if we had an usher like that, I'd kick him in the proverbial rear. Say amen. And he wouldn't usher again. Because everybody's welcome at this church. And I want to tell you why everybody's welcome in this church. Because I know where you, all of y'all came from. I know where I came from. And I know right now who I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. So we're not trying to build some classy little club here. We're a church. We're a church. There's a difference in a church and a club. Can somebody say amen? These folks were starting to... Uh, to uh, be socially savvy. They were trying to be seeker-friendly church. The usher said to the poor man, sit on the floor, but you going up front, we've been waiting for you. And so we see not only the, uh, the setting, the church, the character of these stories, the greeter, Mr. Goldfinger, and Mr. Poor, but we see the conduct described here. James illustrating a sin. That sin's described in verse 1. My brethren, have not, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. He said, you've been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, but you respect persons. Folks, we're holding the faith in Jesus. 
while being partial, those two things don't go together. Claiming that Jesus died for all, but proclaiming only to a select few. Some churches literally fashion their cathedrals and fashion their outreach to reach a certain clientele. That's marketing, that's not soul winning. I'm a marketing major from Georgia State University. I could do it, and I could do it good if I wanted to. And I could attract a whole lot of people through marketing techniques. But folks, I want to tell you something. That's not scriptural, and that's not biblical. We should draw people by the love of Jesus and soul winning and being an old-fashioned Bible-preaching church. Say amen right there. But we're in danger. Folks, today a lot of churches have these techniques and target consumer philosophies. I mean, they're going after just the people they want. They want people that look like them, live like them, and act like them. Praise God, I want whosoever will to come in this church. Say amen. It don't matter where they're from, how much they've done, as long as they don't keep on doing it around me. Praise God, like killing people. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. I don't care how, what side of the tracks they're from. They need Jesus. And they ought to come into a church that loves them unconditionally. You ever been in a church where you felt like you wasn't accepted? That's a shame and disgrace. Some churches, it's a hypocritical situation because they preach, for God so loved the world, but they discriminate against the poor. The black the Hispanic, and even the rich. And folks, I want to tell you something. We can turn into a cookie-cutter fellowship that resembles a country club instead of a church if we just go after people that look like us, that live like us, and that act like us. We need to go after sinners. And we need to go after whosoever will. That's the lesson this morning. We can go home now and be prejudiced. No, I'm going to go on. Number two, we see sin that is soundly condemned by the Word of God. Sin that's soundly condemned by the Word of God. You know, they forgot the very character of God. God is gracious. God is compassionate. And God looks at the heart, not the pocketbook. God loves everyone. Turn to Acts chapter 10, verse 34, please. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. This is a hard message. I mean, it's not one I would pick out, but I'm glad I'm preaching verse by verse and I'm not skipping it. And I think we'll need it. But look at Acts 10, verse 34. The Bible says this, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. You know what I love about the Lord? He loved me when I was a son of a drunk and had nothing to offer him. And he came looking for me at 2172 Holly Hill Drive in Decatur, Georgia, and nobody else cared, it seemed like. But praise God, I had a deacon, and I had some uh, men of God, and I had a junior Sunday school teacher that visited me all the time, took me out on my birthday, loved me, fed me, clothed me, and then when I went visiting and had hair down to my shoulders, they told me I needed to get a haircut. You think I was offended? No. That was, the hippie, that was the hippie years, amen, praise God. I had bell-bottom pants on too, praise the Lord. They, had a, they looked like a rattlesnake design on them. And I went soul winning like that. He pulled me alongside and said, hey, you can reach your little hippie crowd 
that you're after, but I want to tell you something, we're after everybody, so go ahead and dress up when you go soul winning. You know something, I, what I did? I got mad and didn't go back the next week. And then Brother Lawrence came to me and says, you mad at me, son? I said, no, sir, I lied. I said, I just didn't understand that. And then after a while, the Holy Spirit told me. And so I went soul winning with him, and God taught me how to be a soul winner through a man of God that directed me, directed me and helped me and corrected me as a little hippie when I was just brand new born again. Amen. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, we see they forgot soundly what the Word of God says. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, please. Turn with me there. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the persons of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in the righteousness shall thy judge thy neighbor. You know what you ought to do? You ought to judge people this way. In or out, lost or saved. I'm glad that God does not have vertical judgment. Upper class, lower class. You know what he has? He has horizontal judgment. Maybe I got that backwards. He's got sheep and goat. Lost or found. Praise God, in or out. Saints or ain'ts. Amen. That's the way God looks at people. That's the way we ought to look at people. Say amen. Folks, we ought to be no respecter of persons. Folks, favoritism in this snooty usher is condemned by the Word of God. It's viewing people two ways that's sinful. Number one, we view them superficially. James asked two questions. Look at verse 4. Are you not then partial in yourselves or to become judges of evil thoughts? In other words, you're showing favoritism and you're creating distinction between these two men. Usher, don't do that, is what he's saying. When you show favoritism, you've created two different classes of people that God does not class. He judges people either lost or saved, in or out, going to heaven or going to hell, amen. That's the way we ought to do it. Respecter of persons, the, the very phrase means focus on the face. Today we focus on the face. This usher judged them on what was on the outside. 1 Samuel 16, 7, which is taken out of context because I do believe in modest dressing and I do believe in looking like a Christian. I do believe in looking like a preacher. That's why it was so hard for me to wear tennis shoes up here for months because of my feet. I want to look like a preacher. I'm not sitting here rapping on a stool and uh, being Mr. Cool because I'm not trying to reach just the cool. I'm trying to reach people that are going to hell. And folks, you can just call me old-fashioned if you want to. I'm old-fashioned. But I don't class people by what they wear. I don't class people by how much money they make. And I sure don't class people by, by uh, what kind of entertainment they like. I just want to reach everybody. And I believe God can change the viewpoint. But folks, listen. The Bible says God looketh on the heart, man looketh on the outward appearance. That's talking about when David got elected as the king he didn't look like a king, but God saw a king in little David. Say amen. So God knows your heart. God knows your heart. What's, what's important is we've got to stop judging people on how they appear. We need to stop judging people and trying to be dressed down Christians and cool Christians because, folks, we're not trying to build a cool country club. We're trying to build a church. We're trying to reach souls. And you don't jump in a well to rescue somebody that's drowning. Say amen. If you're not different, what do they want you for? Folks, you ought to be a difference 
But folks, we should not differentiate people and, and discriminate against people just because they ain't got what you got. Because they ain't as rich as you're rich. You know the reason that I got something? Because my mama taught me how to get something. She told me to work. Hallelujah! That's a four-letter dirty word to the next generation. Work! She said, if you don't work, you're not going to eat. Well, she didn't go that far. But she quoted that verse. She taught me how to work. And she taught me to save. And she taught me to be frugal. My wife calls me cheap. But anyway, frugal. I do spend money once in a while. Christmas, birthdays. Coming judge was a sinful motive is what's happening. This usher, the snooty usher, the snooty usher started judging people. And folks, the reason was he had sin in his life. And according to this statement, I believe the sin was greed. He thought this guy was going to put in a big check in the offering. I don't even look at what y'all give. I don't want to know what y'all give. Now the secretary, treasurer, they know everything you give. But I don't want to know who, who you Because I ain't treating anybody more different than another person. Just because you give. I think everybody ought to tithe. And I believe you're really in trouble if you don't tithe with God. And I believe that you ought to give to missions by faith. Because that's exciting. But folks, I want to tell you something. We need to realize that there was, two, there was a sin here of greed. One of the dangers of the church today is we're looking for people who can help us instead of people we can help. Boy, it got quiet. There ain't an amen, hallelujah, nothing around here. Some of you are not even awake. Folks, we ought to reach people by not what they can give us, but what we can give them, and that's the gospel. Say amen. There's some churches that are looking seeker-sensitive marketing techniques. We've got to get these offerings up. That's all they think about. Praise God. I want to tell you something. God has blessed our church. And we're in trouble when we think about the budget more than we do baptisms. We're in trouble if we think about finances more than we do faithfulness. We begin to judge people selfishly. And we begin to judge people superficially instead of judging them Spiritually. That's exactly what happened in verse 3. It says, And you respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in the good place, and say to the poor, Stand there, or just sit under the footstool. Go sit on the floor. <sighs> Once there was this poor lady, God bless her, she started vision, visiting the fashionable church uptown. I'll never forget one time I was knocking on the door of the fashionable First Baptist preacher neighborhood and I knocked on his door I didn't know it was his door I was knocked on every door on Harvard Street and he looked at me and said son you know in that real snooty attitude son do you realize that you're in my field and I appreciate you leaving this neighborhood you know what I said to him I was about as bold as Randy team at that uh, council meeting amen I looked at him and said I'm gonna tell you one thing sir I didn't know this was your field I'm not trying to steal sheep from your flock. I'm not trying to get anybody out of church. I'm here to soul win. But I want to tell you something. My Bible tells me the field is the world and I plan on knocking on every door on, the, in, on this street. Good day. God bless you. After our church got a little successful and got he tries to be my friend now. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. 
I love him, but I don't like that. <laughs> the Bible says we ought to love everybody. Don't say we have to like everybody. They know that's probably out of context. But this poor cleaning lady, she started visiting this fashionable uptown church, and she expressed a desire to, to, to the pastor. She wanted to join this first church. And there is some good first churches. I'm not trying to discriminate against them. But he said, I, 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 and then he, 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 he sort of stuttered around and said, well, I've got I to use some strategy here. He was afraid about how the influential members would feel sitting on a pew with a lady who cleaned their floors. And so he said this, he said, ma'am, i tell you what you do. You go home and talk to God about joining our church. She never came back. Would you? She never came back. And finally, he ran into her in a, in a business place. She was cleaning floors. She was the janitor lady. And she said, he looked at her and said, Hey, listen, I noticed you never came back. What happened? Did I offend you? That was a dumb question. And she said, well, No, I just took your advice. I went home. I talked to the Lord about joining your church. And you know what he said, preacher? He said, Don't worry about joining that church. I've been trying to get in that church for 20 years, and I ain't got in it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Clean the lady had more sense than he did. Say amen. I don't think we ought to be that brass, but I think we ought to realize, friend, that the scene is sadly common today, number one. Number two, the sin is soundly condemned by the Word of God. And last but not least, the system that is severely, severely counters the plan of God, this system of racism, of, of uh, partiality, of respect of persons is soundly condemned by the Word of God, but it counters the plan of God. I want you to look at verse 5 and 6, and I'll close. Hearken! You know what that word means in the Word of God? Pay attention! Listen! This ain't no shouting message, but you ought to still be listening. It says, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, Heirs of the kingdom, which he had promised to them that love him. Folks, I see, first of all, he, this mode of operation of trying to reach the affluent is not God's mode of operation. Folks, we're going to, uh, in a different direction, he was saying. James said, you're going the opposite direction of what God says. And he gives them two points, two important questions. And he asked these questions to make a point, just like Jesus when he was Witnessing to the lady at the well, he asked questions. It's a good way to witness. He gave two important questions. He said, listen, I want you to know something. The, the poor God has chosen to be rich in what? Faith. And then he said, number two, in verse seven, he said, do not they blaspheme that worthy name of the, that which is called? Because he said, Do not rich man oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat. He said, It don't make a bit of sense if you to, to, uh, uh, to commercialize and, and, and to uh, go after the uh, acceptable and the cool. Folks, we're not trying to be a cool church around here. We're not trying to be accepted by the mainstream of society. Because I'm going to tell you something. Society will never except the old-fashioned, blood-stained banner uh, cry of a soul winner because they think the cross is silly. They think it's not essential. They think old-time religion is crazy. 
That's the society we live in today. Folks, we need to love them anyway. Folks, they opposed this church, the rich, the affluent, persecuted them. And he said, what are you doing? Why are you forsaking the poor that God has called? Because most of the church of the New Testament days were just peasants. They were low on the societal rung. And the people that were high up, like the kings and the governors and the politicians and the rich, they were persecuting the church. And James says, what are you doing? You're forsaking the poor and you're going after the rich. And folks, if we're not careful, our church can appeal to just the upper class. And God help us. I've had people leave this church over sinners coming to this church. I've had people leave this church because they don't like the bus minister and they don't like their affluent little kids hanging around Kids that have less. I'm going to tell you one thing, and I'm going to get it off my chest. My children grew up in the bus ministry. My children grew up ministering to children that had nothing. And I'm going to tell you something. All four of them are in the ministry. And all four of them love the ministry. And all four of them love people. It did not ruin them. They did not catch what the fluent think they're going to catch. And folks, I want to tell you, if we ever become a church that forsakes the poor, and goes after the rich, then we have turned into nothing but a country club and not a church. Are you with me? Say amen. God loves everybody. And today the classy church is reaching the gated community in the cyberspace. And they're quitting the old buses and they're quitting the old vans and they, and they, and they quit going door to door. And they never would knock on a door in the neighborhood down the street. And folks, I want to tell you something. That is nothing but partiality. That is nothing but disgraceful prejudice. I know our church don't need it. But I'm going to say this. There is a constant pull for us to validate ourselves with the wicked and selfish society. Amen? There's a constant pull. And there's churches all over this place that are going after the yuppies and catering to them and saying, hey, listen, we don't want the poor. We don't want the, uh, the, the uh, ghetto kid. We don't want the quarters. We don't want uh, uh, the ex-prisoners. We don't want the sinners. We just want our little church. And so go on up front, put a big check in the plate. But you poor people, just go sit on the floor under the footstool of the usher. That snooty usher was in sin. Can somebody say amen? Whew. This message is rough, but it's needed. You know, listen, the Bible's never going to make Ophrah, Ophrah Wintry's book club. Never going to do it. And we're not going to be validated on the stage of Hollywood. Folks, we're never going to be in the mainstream. Now, 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 listen. As a matter of fact, the gospel will offend a lot of rich folks. I'm going to tell you why. Because it hits them in their position. And it hits them in their pocketbook. And it hits them in their pride. Because some people are so rich, they don't think they need God. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. Money cannot buy a good son and a good daughter. Money cannot keep them from drugs. Money cannot keep them from drinking. Money cannot keep them from, 
from uh, going out and spending all of daddy's money and being unwise. Money cannot keep them from being divorced five times. Money cannot do it. You can't buy love. You can't buy protection. But I'll tell you one thing you can do. You can introduce everyone, everyone to the Lord Jesus Christ who will make a difference in their family, in their finances, in their focus, in all their positions, their pocketbook and their pride will be given to God. And so folks, listen. I believe with all my heart we'll never be in the mainstream. But praise God, we ought to go into all streams and reach down and pick them up like somebody picked you up when you was a sorry sinner with nothing to offer God and saved your soul. I believe we ought to reach everybody. I believe we ought to love everybody. And let me just say this in closing. I'm not saying that every poor person saved. And I'm not saying every rich person is going to go to hell. Matter of fact, some of you rich people, the character that made you rich should make you a great Christian. You got some sense about you. You got some stickability. You know why most people have money? They stay with a job over three months. Amen? If you don't have character, you ain't staying with nothing. Your marriage, your church, you're just going to shuck it all. And people quit churches because they have no character. They just quit. Oh, they get offended like a message like this. Oh, he's talking to me. God help you. And so folks, rich people can become great Christians. Amen? Religious people can become great Christians because they have character. They don't quit. I'm not saying you ought to all go out and get poor so you'll be good Christians. I'm not saying go out and win the lottery either. But if you do, I hope you tithe. No, 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 I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Let me just close. Look, look how Paul described the church of the New Testament. Matter of fact, let me, let me just show you the words of our Savior, what he said about it. Look at Luke 6.20. i got about five minutes, so I think I can throw this in. Matthew, Mark, Luke 6.20. Do you all agree with this message? Say amen. This has been a tough one. Y'all been looking at me like, what? What is, he doing? what is he preaching on? We don't need this. Well, we might not need it, but we will in the future. Because there's a crowd coming up that wants to be contemporary. They want to fit in. They want to be social. And folks, peer pressure is running our teenagers. Amen? They don't need to be accepted by the gang. They need to be accepted by the Lord. I was in a beautiful visit yesterday, and a dear man was telling me about how he grew up in the gangs and and how God delivered him out of Miami. And boy, it was such a thrilling testimony. And that he's serving God right here in this church and, and wants to do more for God. And I thought, praise God. I went home just excited that God did something real in this, you know, this dear man's life because he had everything going against him. He lost his mother and his father at a very young age. And folks, here he is now in this church this morning by the grace of God delivered from that crowd. That don't mean we shouldn't go back and witness to them. That means it don't mean that we go up like Brother Larry every day up there in that jail. Every day. Every day. Met a guy that he went to prison with over at West Yellowknife and he said, boy, old Larry said when he got out of here he wasn't going to come back but one way and that's to tell them how to be saved. And I think he does that every day, don't he, preacher? I said, yes, he does, buddy. He talked and talked and talked about the difference he'd seen in this young man's life. Folks, listen. Luke chapter 6, verse 20. I'll close. I'm just going to read these verses and we're going to close. 
Luke 6.20. What does the Lord say about it? He says, And He lifted up His eyes on His disciples, and He said, Blessed, blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now I know that's a reference to poor in spirit or humility. But folks, I want to tell you something. If you do have anything, you ought to thank God that the Lord blessed you with it. And not look down on somebody else that does not have everything. And then look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18, real quick. Luke 4, 18. He's preaching in his home synagogue, the Lord. He's preaching in his home synagogue. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the who? Poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, those addicts, and recover the sight of the blind. That's what we were. We were blind and dead in our sins and trespasses when God found us. And set at liberty them that are bruised. So he preached, blessed be the poor, the humble. But Then we see in Luke chapter 7, verse 22, John's having doubts. If you ever doubt your salvation, don't think you've lost it. Just get assurance. But in Luke chapter 7, I want you to look at verse 22. The Bible says that... Uh, John said, do we look for another one? He's in jail. He says, is, is, am I really a fool or what? Do, is he really Jesus? And Jesus replied to him in uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 22. He said this, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor, the gospel is preached. <laughs> Amen. To the poor, the gospel is preached. Let me just say this, friend. The Bible tells us and describes the early Christian that did great things for God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, look at it real quick. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. When you're dealing with a passage like this, you just got to let the Word of God speak. I try to do that every Sunday particularly this morning. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. The Bible says this, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not, are not to bring to not those that are. No, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Folks, Christ is building a kingdom. He's not building a club. And folks, we do not need to discriminate against the poor. We need to keep running the buses, Brother John. We don't need to discriminate against the rich. We need to visit everyone. We need to take people out to lunch when they won't... When we can't find the homes, amen, or can't get in the gated community, praise God. We need to reach everybody, folks, just like Jesus reached everybody, folks. And folks, we need to realize they're just like us. If you remember where you came from. Amen, come on now. And if you remember who you really are. You know what I love about this church? Your last name really doesn't matter. Amen. All you shawls back there, nod your head. Your last name don't mean it. It don't matter. Hey, 
The kind of car you drive don't matter. It don't really matter. Some of y'all financing your wife off just to get that car. Praise God. <laughs> it don't matter to us. Folks, your tax return doesn't matter. Hey, the label inside of your coat or on your little pocket doesn't matter. It's amazing how those labels jack up the cost of a good shirt. Say amen. We don't really care how, what kind of tennis shoes you wear during the week. If it's over, under, or, you know, Nike Airs, I'll tell you what, they're so expensive they ought to have power brakes and blinkers on them. Say amen. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to tell you what really matters to a good church. Are you saved? Are you right with God? Are you glorifying God? And how can we love you better? And how can we motivate you to be a better Christian? That's what matters. And folks, I won't go into this because my time's up. But praise God, it's by the royal law. It's not by the law. But it's by the grace of God, the perfect law of liberty, that ought to restrain us and, and, and we ought to be compelled and we ought to have a compulsion inside of us. It ought to be by the spirit of the, of, of the law. It ought to be the law of liberty in our hearts that we love people like Christ loves people. We look at people like Christ looks at people. We don't look at their outward facade. Anybody can make it up. Say amen, husbands. Your wife took two hours this morning to get to the car. You just washed your little face and flopped in the car. That's why you look so ugly. No, not really. But friend, listen, we need to look at people's hearts is what James, Brother James is saying. We need to look at where they come from and we need to look where we came from and we need to look, most important of all, where they're going to and we need to love everybody. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for just the elite, no. Just for the snooty, no. Just for the yuppies, no. He gave His life for whosoever will. And that's the way our church ought to stay. And that's the way our church ought to reach out. And that's the way we ought to minister. And snooty usher, don't you ever put somebody on the ground in this church. Put them on the front row. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, we don't have any snooty ushers. <laughs> Thank you, dear God, for this loving church, this kind church, this gracious church that's taken care of my family for 39 and a half years and made it a good place to minister. And God, my heart's breaking for a young preacher out of this church that lost his church last Wednesday. Awful, had to send the kids home because it got so ugly. And that's happening in churches all around America. And Lord, it breaks my heart that a lot of churches are snubbing the poor. And they're not ministering to whosoever will. And they've got a marketing technique. And God, help us to reach the richest to the poorest, the whitest to the blackest. God, help us to reach those across the street and those in the ghetto. God help us to look at people like you looked at us when we got saved.